What's going on guys? Welcome to River City 93, brought to you by Roughneck Scars, Icarus FC, For the Culture, and of course, the Beautiful Game Network. This is your host, Elliot Barr, and as always, it's my good man, Shanir Duran the second. Finally, you say your second name, second name this time. Oh yeah, yeah, you know. All right. Had to, had to keep the full government. Because <laughs> you never know who's listening. You never know who's listening to us. Um... So for those who don't know, we were originally supposed to be doing a kind of sort of post-game analysis of the preseason friendly, um, but obviously that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, due to coronavirus, real quick, for those of you who hasn't seen it, um, USL came out, I believe it was yesterday, right, saying that the season wouldn't really start up till May 10th-ish, and that's even like training. Yeah, so... Really, the season might not even cook out to probably June at the latest. But um, in the meanwhile, me and Shanair have decided to kind of go back in the Kickers archives and watch some of our more important games, um, games that kind of shape Kickers history or games that stood out to fans. And the one that we got told to start off with is Richmond Kickers' 2-0 win over Swansea City. Um, and can I just say, like, there's a lot of names in the Swansea City team that now they're like kind of like big ish Premier League stars who at the time we were like, who is this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea who half of these guys were. But Shanir, start us off with who the Richmond Kickers were playing in their starting eleven. Yeah, so Kickers, um, we have a lot of uh nostalgia names here and we have a lot of actually, like you said, names that are much bigger now than they were then. Um, so the kickers, it looks like they started with a four-four-two or maybe a four-four-one-one um, with Travis Warren go um, in the middle of the back line. We had Hugh Roberts and Chris Durkin. Chris Durkin at the time was sixteen. That's insane playing to against, think of now. Playing against Swansea City at sixteen years old, playing up against probably one of Africa's best strikers. Yeah, and the guy who possibly ruined our 2010 World Cup. The yeah. first ever World Cup that I ever watched. Yeah. <laughs> ruined yeah. it for me. Yeah, and so now he, I mean, a DC United player on loan in Belgium. Um, no, he's there fully. I think he got transferred there fully. He got transferred fully? Yeah. Well, he's big, making a big name for himself now. He, I mean... I think it basically you can say it started here with this game. Because, I I believe so. Um, he was lights out in this game. No, he definitely um, was. Um, the fullbacks we had surprise, surprise, Braden Troyer playing left back, not in the middle of the park like we're used to in these past couple of years. Um, Luke Mishu, another another blast from the past right there, playing yes. as a right back. Um, in the midfield. We had Samuel Asante who was playing on the right wing, and it looked like Miguel Aguilar was playing on the left wing. In the middle, you had Owusu Sakir, who was playing more like a 6-8, and Imora who was playing more like an 8-10. Uh, up top, we had Brian Ombi, who pl- looked like he was playing more like a center forward, in behind Sonny Jaunet. But... Brian Ombi was really floating. Like, he, you could see it. He'd pop up on the left. He'd pop up on the right. Most of the times, you'd see him pop up on the wings. 
unless someone else had the ball on the wing, then you'd see him in the middle yeah. trying to maybe win a header or win a cross. That's something that I noted a lot of, like, Brian Ombi, like, popping up at random moments throughout and be like, there was not a tackle that he did not like, pretty much, yeah. throughout all this. <laughs> there was not a tackle that he didn't like. Um, Swansea City started off, I feel like this was, like, a mixture between, like, the backups and, like, the fringe first team 11. I don't know if these were yeah. possibly starters yet, but it felt like more day. So you had Chris uh, Nordefit, Connor Roberts, Jordy Amat, uh, Frederico Fernandez, Cal Nottingham, Leo Fur, who also played at QPR, I believe, uh, Jay yeah. Fulton, this is the name that's going to surprise you, Dan James, who is now arguably the starting winger at Manchester United. Um, he was yeah. part of this. He was at the time, I believe, he was at Swansea City U18s. Uh, Wayne Rutledge, Mandu Barrow, and Andre Ayew. And what I kind of what it looks like, and I might be wrong at this because one one thing is there were no announcers for this game. There was no, no <laughs> starting eleven. It was literally like see them walk out, line up, play. <laughs> yeah. Like it was a it was a real preseason game. Like even to the point where we even pointed out, like the announcers halfway through the game had a conversation about cheese. Yeah, what cheese to put on their burger? Yeah, which was <laughs> super. It was super awkward. Like I'm sitting there, and I'm texting. I'm like, is this really happening? Like, are they really having a conversation about cheese right now? Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> you could tell they did not. Re- I don't think they realized that. It was picking up their voices. No, it wasn't. Because even at one point, like, there's this guy in this pink shirt who get caught multiple times. They're like, hey, man, you need to move your arm. You're, you're blocking the film. <laughs> um, oh, how we've come a long way. It, exactly. <laughs> it, even so weird at the point that I, you see people walking on that side of the stadium. You'd be like, yo, people are having a seat over there. Like, now I don't think people are allowed over there. <laughs> No, no one's allowed over there. That side, that side of the stadium is condemned. It's, it's, it's not structurally sound. No, not at all. But let's go ahead and hop into the game. So even at the like first couple of minutes, you can see the kickers are really you. You can see they're really taken away of the uh, pressure that Swansea puts them under. Where even like on kickoff, um, the ball goes to Wuzu, who then plays it to Amuro. And then Amuro, you can see he's kind of like on his back feet. He's just sitting there kind of scanning what's happening. I don't think he's really anticipating the ball coming to him. But when it comes to his feet, he kind of misplays it. And then Swansea yeah. puts Richmond right under pressure from right there. So even yeah. then, you can tell like the style difference between both teams is obviously way different. Yeah, and it, it, it had that look like it was like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah, we were like, you know. <laughs> Like oh, English team go come here to Richmond and just steamroll. Oh yeah, but oddly enough, the first attack comes from Richmond, um, and it starts off from Awusu, who's like he sprays the ball out left to Troy, who's on left back at the time, and then Troy like makes a pass to Amura, but then he loses it to a Swansea player, who then mispasses it to Hugh Roberts, and Hugh. This game made me realize how much at the time we loved Hugh Roberts and why Hugh Roberts was, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think he was a part of that Defender of the Year conversation around this time, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And this definitely shows off his range as he just dribbles up the field. And it's kind of like reminds me of the runs that we see now from Akwe where he just goes upfield and, like, I'm going to yeah. do it on my own. And he just dribbles upfield and then he passes off to Ombi, who passes off to Sonny Jane. Who then goes with a low cross, but is cut off by um, the Swansea City center back. And then all of a sudden, like, 
number eight for Swansea, he tries to cut it off, but I think he gets stuck. But then it all of a sudden it just gets um I'm trying to read like my own notes here. <laughs> but it, it caused a diving save by like the Swansea City goalkeeper. And you can tell right there, like Richmond's already like, all right, we know what we need to do. Like we don't have to go press them, but if we get the opportunity, we're gonna take the chance. Yeah. And I, I there was uh one situation in the eighth minute actually. I I don't know if this is the one you're talking about where the ball went over Ondi and the defender kind of takes him down, but he's the first one back up on his feet. No. The ball. So that's not yeah. the chance? I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, it's the eighth minute. And, and, and he get the ball. I, I forgot who launched it over, but someone just hit that ball over. Ondi's running onto it. Defender's running with him. The feet get tangled up. They both go down. Ondi's the first one back up on his feet, and he gets to the ball before the keeper does and tries to line in that cross into Tajane, who was also running in. But keeper came out, made himself big, blocks with shot, and there's a little bit of a scramble in there, and the ball ends up going out of bounds for a goal kick. But just seeing that, you kind of saw the tickers saying, okay, we can we can take this game to them. Yeah. But I mean, for the start, for the first, like, seven, eight minutes, it was basically just... You saw Andre Ayu getting involved in that front line. You saw, um, I think it was Routledge getting involved in that front line. And just, they were really battering the Kickers back line. Yeah. And which is why I feel like Chris Dudley was lights out. And to me, his only flaw was his, his passing range was not that great yet. But, I mean, he is 16 at this point. Yeah. So. I, young Chris Dudley. And let's go back to, like, the first goal, I mean, granted, it was an own goal, but it's I truly think Ombi and Troy are the integral parts of this because Troy cuts off a Swansea City pass, and Troy, like we have grown accustomed to seeing before he retired, um, he goes upfield with the ball, and then he... He just drives through the middle. He does, and it's kind of like... Yes, and it's kind of weird because you see the Swansea City players, I don't think they're really like into the game yet. Because they're like, oh, yeah. we're their EPL. This is like a lower, lower division U.S. soccer team. We don't have to apply pressure like that because, well, they're not good. And I think yeah. they kind of misjudge how quick Troy is. Because once he gets upfield, he passes it wide to Ombi, who then, what he does is like he shapes up like he's about to go inside. So then that forces the Swansea City center back. And sorry, like it's hard to keep up with names. Because one, the film is like grainy and you can't really see who numbers who. And Swansea City at the time did not put names in the back of players' jerseys because, well, I don't think it happened to me, the team. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, preseason and only half of them on the team. <laughs> yeah. So I think what Swansea City does is that he's thinking that he's he's quick enough to beat Ombi. Like he's quick enough to stop Ombi. So I don't think he squares up to him initially. But then Troyer, I mean, not Troyer, Ombi, I think he kind of like. He kind of does like a weird shoulder move where like he tricks him to he go did, back. He did kind of a, yeah, he kind of like did a scissor like he was going to cut inside. Yeah, and then but he goes stay to the outside and he beats him to the end line and then he just crosses it in and I think it takes every Swansea City player off guard. So then you can kind of see like they're scrambling back and it's like that saying goes like when you're flying in the air is when things are going the worst and I think Swansea City center backs were flying in the air because honestly yeah. If the Swansea City, I mean, Grady had to get to the ball first because it's not, it's a tap in for John A. But I think as soon yeah. as he puts a foot in, you can tell, like, oh, 
is it goes in the back of his own net. I think he tries to clear it, but I think a he got his feet mixed up, and b like I don't think Swansea City players were expecting Richmond kickers players to pounce on the ball as quick as they did. Exactly, and I mean you could tell. Amat had no idea what to do in that situation because I think it was Jordy Amat who who puts the ball into his own net, but because he had no idea what to do in that situation because he's running towards his own goal, full speed to get back there. And then, yeah, I mean, and Ondi whips that ball in. He does, and and Sonny Jane is right behind him, so he can't not touch it. If he doesn't touch it, Sonny Jane poking that ball into the goal. Yeah, and look, I, I made the note because we were talking about Ombi, but Ombi's movement throughout, like, the first six or seven minutes really sets up this goal because, like, it, what he does throughout the game is, like, the first two minutes he'll start off centrally, and then he'll move to the left, and then he'll move to the right. And it's kind of like he's just looking to see, like, all right, where can I find the hole at? And it's like this goal sets up because he finds the hole on the left side, and he knows, like, all right, they're not setting up on me, like, where I have to play the play with my back to the goal. <clears throat> and he can kind of get started in like a striker stance. I'm not a striker stance, yeah. like a distance. I mean, sprinter stance, if I can figure out the right term. And then he just goes. And, that, and you can see him doing that a lot throughout this whole game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean it, it, was, it, it, was, it was hard to keep track of him. But the one thing I do notice is that that whole left side, because he spent a lot more time on the left side than on the right, that whole left side was where a lot of the power came from with Troyer, Aguilar, and Ombi. Uh, because I feel like the right side of the field, um, I mean, Luke Michu was used to playing right back, but Samuel Asante was normally a player that we saw in the middle. Yeah. So having him playing right wing, you could tell he was not comfortable with that yeah. position. He did he did a decent job, but he you could tell that wasn't his that wasn't his forte. Oh, Amara? You talking about Amara? No, not anymore. Asante because oh, Amara yeah, was yeah. in the middle. Amara was in the middle. Samuel Asante normally plays in the middle. It's either Owusu or Asante was playing in the middle. Yeah. The kickers around this time. So with Owusu playing in the middle, Asante played out wide, and it, he wasn't as comfortable. But on the other side, Aguilar was throughout the first half. He was a headache for Swansea because once once that first goal goes in, it's like the kickers settled down, and now they started enjoying their game. They started having fun with their soccer. Like you could see, you could see they started getting more comfortable. You saw more moves in the midfield. Asante crossing people up. Awusu was lights out this game. He was. He was. He owned that midfield on point. I mean, there was one play where the ball is bouncing around in the midfield, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's he's literally right outside the center circle, and the ball gets popped up to him. He brings it down with his chest with a defender coming in behind him with one move just completely turns the defender. It was and it was like it was he was doing stuff like this the whole game. And you could even hear the whole crowd went crazy when he did that. Um Aguilar was just a nightmare down the wing, like leaving players in the dust just by dropping the shoulder to put someone on their heels. I mean it you could see the kickers were starting to have fun. They were starting to enjoy themselves. Immoral was starting to get flashy like he normally did. 
Um, it, so it, that's when the game really picked up. That first goal kind of settled the kickers down and allowed them to realize, all right, this is an exhibition game. Let's have some fun. Yeah, and that's something, that, like, back to your point about a wusu, like, I never realized, and granted, like, I think the way I view soccer is a little bit different now, but at that time, like, I never realized how, like, Awusu wasn't afraid of a challenge. Like, he was going in for any and everything. You would have thought he was playing in the final, the way how he was, like, going after these players and whatnot. Um, But let's talk about another chance for Richmond. So, Troyer, once again, he slips the ball to um, uh, Nanskoff, who, can I say, like, he had his back to goal, but then he made, like, a weird, he made, like, a shock turn that leaves um, the Swansea center back once again, I don't know his name because there was no name on the back of his jersey. And he, but this goes back to what we were saying earlier about how Swansea, Swansea's back line was applying zero pressure at all. It was kind of just like, you know how you play against someone that's you, you know that you're better than, but you don't take them serious? Yeah. So even after the own goal chance, this chance come about, and it was another low cross, granted it's cut out. But you can see it's like Swansea center backs are just kind of just like, all right, well, he can beat me, but I know I'm a, I'm better than him. But I think at this time, I think it changes because now you see the Swansea City coach like, hey, look, step up to these guys. Like, stop thinking that you were just better than them. Like, actually play. <laughs> yeah, because you saw, you saw because this, this game, it was hot and humid that day. So they had a water break. Oh yeah, they did. That's the <laughs> you could see, you could see the the head the, the head coach for Swansea like you could see him agitated, like telling them like basically wake the heck up, like you guys are playing like like this is a slow day, like yeah. they, he you could tell he went in on them, and when they picked back up after the water break. You could see Swansea starting to try and put a little bit more pressure, but it still wasn't there. It still wasn't fully there, and the kickers were still having too much fun with the game. Yeah, and then, well, that goes back, well, right after that, right after the water break, um, Amura has a chance on a breakaway, but I think he makes the wrong decision because he goes out wide with the ball, and then the ball gets recycled. But if Amura plays that through ball, it's only one-on-one with the goalkeeper. Oh, yeah. He's one-on-one. And now that gives me back to thinking about like how we how we saw Amura. Like Amura was great. Don't get me wrong, because I think that year he had ten ish goals. Yeah. But the assist wasn't there, and I think this goes back to it. Like he was great scoring, but assisting wise, it was not there. And there was a lot of yeah, chances where Amura had the ball at his feet, but his vision just wasn't there. His vision wasn't there, and he was just in it to you know. To, to, to kind of put on a show. You yeah. Know, he was more of the showman type player, the player who's going who's gonna to give you that flair, run at defense, look scary, flying forward up the field. I mean, he, he was great, but in the, in the way, especially the way that USL was developing, he needed to have more of a passing range. He needed to be able to play make, especially if he wanted to play in the midfield. Yeah, that's very true. But yeah. um, another chance happens. So pretty much, um, I be, couldn't see who the Richmond kicker player was, but pretty much they lose a 50-50. And then Swansea sitter, uh, center back, he pretty much does this weird thing where he cuts a pass. Like, he pretty much passes the ball, but he cuts out, like, five players 
from the Richmond yeah. kickers all at once, but it gets on Rutledge's foot. Who then threw balls it into um I think it's I I I couldn't be sure or not. But then Durkin out of nowhere, like and this I think made me like so impressed with Durkin because Durkin it looked like he slide tackling tried to like take him out. And then for a second I was like I had to go back and rewatch it like multiple times to make sure that like did he really like did he slide tackle the ball or did like the Swansea striker at the time just lose it plays it? But no, Durkin hundred percent gets the ball. And I think yeah. that slide tackle alone saves Troyer because Troyer's shaped up to a wrong. So if the, if the ball gets past Durkin, that's a goal. Like yeah. Troyer's not saving that. But I yeah. think that touch yeah. alone made the Swansea striker reshape. Troyer's able to get out to him. And then he makes him um, have to play the ball back. Well, once he plays the ball back, number uh, 15 for Swansea, he slips the ball into the right side winger for Swansea. And this is like my biggest bone to pick with Amura because this play, it should have been a goal, honestly, because Amura is just trotting back. So he doesn't even recognize like, oh, Swansea center right winger is running past me at full speed. Maybe I should stay with him. And he does it. And then he just crosses the ball in and great grace of God, who Robert clears it. But I think that was one of like the main issues of where Amura didn't always track his runner. And you can tell Amura is a pure offensive player at this point. Like yeah, if there was no team. doubt about it, it was proven in this game. Yeah, he 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 was he was on Memphis to <laughs> Yeah, he he was not playing defense at all. I mean, if for those who want to go back and see it, like I mean it's hard to get a timestamp in this game because once again there's no running clock. But the players pretty recognizable. Amura, you can see he's just jogging. And even he doesn't I don't think he recognizes it. Because he see him running ahead of him, and Amur looks, and he just keeps jogging. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, every once in a while, you're gonna get those types of players. You know, those types of players that are just in it for the attacking, for the attacking adrenaline of it, and just don't put a lot in defensively. You have uh, Lachlan Ibrahimovic, you have Memphis Depay, and most of the time, Neymar. These are players who just. They're in there for their attack value, not yeah. for their defensive value at all. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. you know the unique thing about this game that happened <laughs> right around the 41st minute? <laughs> oh, game stopped for lightning. It did. But you know what happened before that chance, though? Before the game no. stopped for lightning? So Chris Durkin actually saves a goal. <laughs> But he, oh, yes. he saves oh, it. And it, it. This is the thing, like a 60-year-old kid, but he had, like, he was on his horse. Like, he was gone. And he cuts out the chance right before the Thunderhead. Like, if he does not, like, slide tackle, that's slide, but slides in at that moment, that is a goal. And it goes out for a corner, and then you hear the ref just like, <laughs> Thunder, go inside. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that would have been devastating to go down. And then the rest to call for, you know, a stoppage. Like, and now they have to go into the locker room with that problem. Yeah. And so, even in this moment, it was like, we went inside. And, and granted, we're, we all stayed outside. Granted, it's like pouring out, raining. I think half the stadium lo- leaves. Because when they restart, you can tell it's dark. Half of the stadium's there. Not a lot of people are there. <laughs> it's kind of just like, all right, what are we going to do with this? And I think... At that moment, they kind of kick off at the uh, 40-second minute. But 
in real time, wasn't it like an hour and a half thunder delay? Yeah, it was, a, it was, I think it was about an hour and a half. And I think what they did, they finished the half and then they immediately just switched sides. That's exactly what they did. Like, it looked like a true yeah. pickup game. It was like, all right, <laughs> switch sides. And even think to the point, like, both teams just was like, all right, well, this is halftime. We might as well bring out our second unit. And that's what he did. Like, so Swansea brought on um, uh, Gerald uh, Trumay, Angel uh, Ringland, Stephen Kingsley, Jordan Rodden, Mike Vanderhorn. That's a name for the class. Leon yeah. uh, Britton, Andy King, Jack Cork, Nathan Dyer, uh, Kanji Gore, and Oliver McBurney, who is the star striker at Sheffield United right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Richmond brought on... So pretty much, I think they stayed with the same back four, but you had Travis Ward, Chris Durkin, Brandon uh, Troyer. No, no, the back four, the back four changed. So Mishu came out. Oh yeah, that's game. right, that's right. It did. Um, and then we had, and I think I think they switched to a four-five-one though, because then you had um, Anthony Grant up top by himself. Yeah, Anthony Grant was up top by himself. Pareda was playing on the left. And yeah. Luis Fernando was playing on the right. And then you had a midfield three of Mike Callahan, Owusu, and Jackson Eske. Yo, this is a blast for the pass with this. <laughs> like, all these names are like, oh my goodness. <laughs> right. So, immediately when we come back to start, um, it's a corner kick. And Richmond gets a chance as pretty much Swansea kind of blows the corner kick. And you can kind of see this is definitely like a team that's not like in it to really care. Because Lee picks the balls up in the middle, and he just dribbles halfway up the field like no one's around him, and he passes it wide to um, Luis. And can I say, like, this game makes me love Luis Fernando even more because you his attacking friend is all up in this play. I, I'll, I'll finish grabbing it, but his attacking friend is all up in this play. Um, he pretty much takes takes advantage of the Swansea City, uh, center back. He just keeps dropping off of him, and I think – I think he recognizes how quick Luis is, but he's more of like, all right, if I can shape him up and push him out wide, he can't beat me. But it's like the more he, he drops was off, mistaken. he was because as soon as he drops off, Luis just takes a shot from outside the box, and it yeah. forces Swansea goalkeeper into a pretty much a good save. And I think that's something that kept happening throughout the game is we kept seeing Swansea center backs just keep dropping off, and I think it's because. I don't know if they recognize how quick some of these players were, like deceptively quick. Troyer, Hugh Roberts, Brian Ombi, Luis Fernando. I don't think they realize how quick they were. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, there was there was a there was a disconnect, but I did notice in the second half though that the that Swansea started to get annoyed. Yeah, they did. They were starting to get annoyed. You started to see some 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 rash fouls, some reckless fouls, some silly mistakes that were just signs that the kickers had frustrated, had officially thoroughly frustrated Swansea. Yeah. Just throughout the second half. It was just, it was, you just saw just late tackles, you know, unnecessary, unnecessary force in a tackle, um, just going in heavy when it wasn't necessary and completely missing the ball. I mean, just silly mistakes, reckless fouls. It was, it was, um, seriously, you could tell the game was the kickers to lose at this point. Yeah, because, like, even after that Luis Fernando chance, it sets up a corner kick, and then it was so corner, but 
we messed it up, but then Swansea gave the ball back to us weirdly enough, which set up another yeah. corner kick. And Chris Durkin, for a 16-year-old, I mean, granted, you can't see it because the camera guy, again, was blowing his nose throughout the whole game. <laughs> like, it got to the point, I think I texted you, and I was just like, dude, I can't listen to these guys blow his nose every two seconds. Um, But he gets away from his marker, and he gets his head onto the ball, and it almost goes in, like, to the point where... I think one of the Swansea City center backs like tapped tap Durkin on the back and was like, good play. Because he got away. Like, he was full-blown, like, head in, everything. Um, yeah. But that's really, like, the last chance before, like you said, the ref just blows for it. And he, tell, he just tells him switch side. Because I think I think Lee Callishaw was telling his team to come over and talk. And the ref was, like, waving his hands, like, no, just switch sides. Switch sides. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. Because basically, it's like you already had your halftime, so I mean. <laughs> yeah, he was like, uh, just, just come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hour and a half halftime, um, so just let's just go with it. Yeah, like we're trying to get home. <laughs> we're trying to get yeah, home. But you could, you could see this. I think this is the half where um, Travis Wara really earned his stripes because as the second half started, I think. With all the rain that came down during that, um, during the evacuation, during the thunder break, I, I should say, the pitch was not the same. It was, you could tell, it was wet, it was messy. Well, it looked like how England soccer fields look. Yeah, like every every step was a splash. And, yeah. and so I feel like the kickers back line, they could not cope with that as well, um, especially out on the flanks. Like Alex Lee and Troy were kind of struggling to get a footing, to get a good play on the ball, and that caused Swansea to get a lot of chances. And Travis Wara just denied everything coming into the box. Yeah, he, he did. He he basically he he while the kicker struggled to control the ball in our third of the field, Wara was just he owned his box and kept that clean sheet. He definitely so, did. But the weird thing is, is like even after all of this, Richmond gets another chance because like yeah. Alex Lee, granted he cleans up the ball from um, Romalu, who kind of like Romalu fumbles it, but he weirdly enough back heels it to Lee, and Lee picks the ball up because I think four Swansea City players all kind of like just crumble up on Romalu where it leaves Lee open, and Lee just runs down like down the right hand side wide open. To the point where he could just throw ball on to Grant. And this was the thing that I remember throughout this season that we were so frustrated with Grant. is because Grant would be in great scoring opportunities. Either A, he would like, he would get inside his own head. Or he would just like not make, he would not take the shot. And I think it was kind of that thing where he, he was a true confidence player. Like true yeah. confidence player. Um, where he takes the shot and... But well, let me back up a little bit. Before the shot, he does like a weird stutter step. Where <laughs> I don't know if you ever see like a basketball player like kind of just like they look like everybody getting defensive and be like ah. <laughs> he just kind of like just stutters and he kind of like I don't know this is my right, my left. Uh, I'm gonna go with my right. And by the time he decides what foot to shoot it with. The Swansea goalkeeper rushes off his line, puts a foot out, saves it. It comes back to Grant again, but Grant can't put it in the back of the net. And you can kind of see just like all the kickers players are just like, bro, come on. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. yeah. That was, that was one of the revealing things about Grant that was kind of, like, disappointing throughout. Because he would be in great situations, but he would not take the advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, he just needs to, just in those moments, you need to learn as a striker to just shut your brain off and just let your instincts take over. And yeah. he just overthought everything. He he very much did. Um, but he didn't overthink the goal, though. No, he didn't, which we're going to get to. We are going to get, that was a beautiful goal. But before oh, that, what? Oh, yeah. But before that, um, Swansea City really had, like, their first chance. And this is where you could tell, like, now Swansea City is like, all right, we're in the game now. <laughs> we're going to turn this up to Premier League level. We've been playing like we're in League One. Let's play for real, guys. And so this chance starts out on the left wing where I don't know if you saw it or pick up on the pattern, but a lot of their plays came from the left back, uh, number three. I can't think of his name. I think Brenton, Le- uh, Leon Brighton. It starts off with him throughout, like, Ever since that Grant chance, every play kind of starts off on his side. and But he gets the ball, and he's kind of dribbling down the right, the left side. And the striker kind of points to where he wants the ball to go. where And it kind of forces um, the Richmond center back. I couldn't see his numbers. So I can't really tell who it was. But I think he recognized, recognized that, and he kind of drops further back to where he's like, all right, he wants the ball closer to where the left um, end line. So I'm going to drop there automatically. Well, he he drops off way too far. And this is the thing of where, like, you tell defenders, like, hey, follow the man, not the ball. <laughs> but he drops off so far because he's anticipating, like, if I could get to, to the spot before him, I could get to the ball. But then Brighton kind of passes more inside. So the Swansea striker gets it. And then he plays it to where the Richmond center back would have been, but at that time, the Richmond center was like, oh, snap, the striker hit the ball, let me go back and cover him. And then he passes back <laughs> to Leon Brighton, and then he whips in a beautiful ball. Like, mm-hmm. it it was a glorious low cross. Um, and Oliver McBurney, who, I gotta say, if he controls this on his first turn, it's a goal. Like, War is not saving it. But he has to take an extra touch to get it under control, because... Troy at the time comes in and kind of like he doesn't get close to the ball, but he takes a swipe at it, and I think it makes Big Bernie like have to recalculate, and then he takes it again, but it forces Warren into like a wonder save again. Yeah, you know, and looking yeah. for War, does it look like War saves it and they just call it as a goal kick? Because it looked like War got a finger to it. I couldn't tell. It looked like he did get a finger to it. They must have missed the fact that he got a finger to it, but... <laughs> I think the ref was also tired. He was like, dude, I'm not about to argue this. Just go. Just kick it. <laughs> 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 I think that's what happened. I could be completely wrong, but that's what it feels like what happened. Um, But yeah, it, it, it's crazy now to see Oliver McBurney play that kind of role because he does that so much now in the Premier League now. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard yeah, not to miss up, him yeah. because you can tell by the low-cut socks. <laughs> you can 100% tell it's, it's McBurney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we had another chance. And number five for Richmond. Uh, he picks the ball up pretty much at the halfway line. He's running through. like he, He's running through <laughs> Swansea midfield. Jackson Number five. No, it, that was uh, Mike Callahan. That, that was Callahan? Okay, I couldn't tell who it was. Because I thought yeah, it was Callahan, but I couldn't. That's the only thing I got was the number. Yeah, 
<laughs> so, all right. So, you, this is another point that we were talking about. How Kyle, he just picks the ball up. As soon as he said it, midfield was just like, no, nah, I don't feel like going for it. <laughs> and I don't think it was that. But once again, I think they did not anticipate Richmond, like, going at them the way how they did. I think they anticipated Richmond scoring a goal and kind of just, like, sit back and absorb pressure. But you could tell, like, Swansea did not switch up at all. No, they did not. They didn't. And the thing is, so to come in on the second half, now they just put it in, you know, uh, Romolo, who's a, a, a good player on the wing, but then on the other wing, you got Luis Fernando, a player who's got flair, who's got pace, who's got who's crafty. And then you got someone like Mike Callahan coming in in the middle. You would expect that Swansea would have to turn it up because Mike Callahan actually is like was like the second coming of Luke Vercoloni, <laughs> to be honest with you, in terms of the midfield. Because I remember when I first um, moved to Richmond, I first started watching the Richmond Kickers, Luke Vercoloni was one of the players that stood out to me, just feisty fights for everything in the midfield. And that's who Mike Callahan was. He was like... He was like Luke Vercoloni 2.0. And it's like, when you have those type of players in the midfield and then a Wusu holding things down, you, you got to turn it up. <laughs> yeah. I want to say, like, right now at this moment, Swansea was at, like, 75%. Because Callahan, like, going back to describe the chance, he picks the ball up in midfield and he just driving out midfield. But then he does, like, the stutter stamp that Anthony Grant was trying to do, but it pays off. Because, like, he's shaping up like he's about to shoot it. Will pulls, like, the Swansea center backs into him. But they forget about Romalu. And he just slips it into where the Swansea center back would have been. Romalu takes a shot. And I swear it took everything for Swansea center goalkeeper to get there. Because he he barely gets a finger to it. Like, he yeah. barely gets a finger to it. Um, but then at this moment, this is where Swansea was like, all right, now we definitely got to play for real. Because they start going these one-touch passes to point. I think there was a corner kick, and they Swansea loses a uh, corner. But they get the ball. They kind of recycle the ball. At, and then the Swansea player, he kind of backheels it to a wide-open Swansea player who then crosses in. The cross doesn't go anywhere. But now you just kind of see that Premier League flair kind of starting to show up. And that just yeah. seemed like they wanted to care. Um, yeah, no, they, it was, it was a, they, they tried to turn it up. But that's the thing. You can't turn it up halfway through the game, though. Yeah. You know? And it, it just doesn't work because everyone's going to turn up in a different way. And it, then this, then there's the disconnect. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Most definitely. And I think they try to turn up, but once again, like you said again, it was too late. And now they're trying to play more upfield. And for those who haven't seen Swansea in the Premier League, this was not Swansea <laughs> known for pressing people up the field. They're known for... I, I want to say this is how I looked at Swansea, like a team that truly sat back and was like, yeah, we're not putting pressure on you. <laughs> we're just going to sit back here, absorb, and then make our counter move. And I think once they, you force them to play up, I think this is where the second goal comes from. Because yeah. Lee passes it to Colin, who then dribbles, who passes to Durkin. And Durkin... No, no, it was a Wusu. It was, was it a Wusu? Yeah, so Alex Lee gets the ball into the middle. A Wusu who's facing Alex Lee with a defender oh, the back, and it was. Yep, yeah, and he turns the defender, drops <clears> the ball back to, and mind you, Chris Durkin, you're one nil down. It's the seventy third, seventy fourth minute, 
and Chris Durkin, a center back, with the ball having been passed around and the kicker's back four for a bit, is in acres of space. Yo, like, he is. There was nobody around Chris Durkin. I mean, you would, you would expect a team at least put one of your midfielders, push one of your midfielders up to put pressure on the back line because they need to get something. Chris Durkin had wide open space, and then he slots that pass to Jackson Escape. He literally splits two Swansea players who are little, who are probably three yards from each other. And you know the crazy thing is? This is how I know we've been around each other so much because I had the same exact thing in my notes. <laughs> I had the same. Like, yo, the pass for him, like, he, I don't know where Durkin got this vision from because we hadn't seen it throughout the whole game. But it's like Durkin gets the ball and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to pass this right through you. And it's straight through. Straight through. And then SK just lets that ball run past him and goes behind it, drives through the midfield. And then when he gets into the final third, and then he's uncontested too, so we just took two players out of the game, and he just has space to drive forward and then slot the ball for for um, Anthony Grant, who just runs in, takes one touch to keep the ball moving, and then slots it past the keeper. So just no hesitation there from Grant. Yeah. And, and it, it just shows you, like, just... The way Owusu easily turned his defender, gives the ball to Chris Durkin, now everyone has space. It was just, it was just, it was clinical. And it wasn't even like they had to change the direction. The ball literally went in a straight line from Chris Durkin all the way to, all the way to Grant. Yeah, it did. It was like literally, like the Swansea City players were like training dummies and they were just like, and Lee Kaiser was like, all right, run the play. <laughs> like, <clears throat> but it's weird because. At the time, like, I'll never forget it because, like, we were all excited that Richmond won this game 2 nothing, And I remember we were, like, all excited. And then Richard Hayes was just like, this game means nothing. And we're like, dude, we just beat a Premier League team. He was like, did we win a title? And I was like, you got a point. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand that. But you need to realize that <clears throat> Swansea is, a, at this time, a Premier League team. Which means even the players that are fighting for maybe even a spot on the bench have to be sharp. Which means this was a game for players to get to that next level. Yeah. The game against Charlotte, the game against Kickers, this was their opportunity to get to that next level. To, to put themselves in the conversation during the coaches' meeting. Yeah. And, and I mean... They, oh. they fell through. They, they completely dropped the ball on this one. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, the kickers, even apart from the first seven, eight minutes of the game, the kickers were in control of this game all the way to the end. <clears throat> yes, they had a lot of some spells where Swansea were driving through at them, but they, they started making them commit silly fouls. They started making them do reckless things. The kickers were the kickers were literally out there entertaining the audience, like they were as like doing certain things that weren't necessary, but it was just fun. Certain things that's I been think, missing from the kickers in a long time. <laughs> it, it has been missing for a long time. I mean, Asante, I think, megged two guys in one play. Um, Braden Troyer blasting past players. Braden Troyer just shutting wingers down over 
on that left side. Um, and I mean, Owusu had several opportunities where he, he made some of those Swansea players look like dummies. Yeah. And Luis Fernando, Aguilar, I mean, all of these players, you would expect a Swansea team from the first five minutes of that happening, if you're a Premier League team, you got to shut that down. Yeah. Immediately. 100%. And there was just no, there was no response whatsoever. So, so, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, you're saying, okay, yeah, it's not a chance. We didn't win a championship. But at the end of the day, we did beat a Premier League team with players that are fighting to get into the starting 18. Mm-hmm. So, let's go on and wrap this up. Um, I got to say, who impressed you the most? Just give me, like, who, who impressed you the most in this game? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Owusu Sakiri impressed me the most in this game. I mean, he took command of that midfield from beginning mm-hmm. to end. Yeah, I, I would say the same because, I mean, for those who don't know, Owusu is a lot shorter than a lot of other players. Um, yeah. But he was he was right there Daniel with them. The yeah, Daniel Asante was the shortest guy on the team, but he wasn't far off. <laughs> no. Nah. And then also I would say um, Ombi as well. Just his movement up front, definitely, yeah. like, you watch Ombi now at Louisville City, the two-time champion that he is, and he plays a kind of a more deeper role now. It, you know what he reminds me? He kind of reminds me of how Rooney is, how Rooney yeah. would go up top, but now he's playing further and further back. And that's how I see Ombi. Like, he's definitely playing that role now, and it fits him. Um, it does. So, it for, does. so, for those who wants to go back and watch the game, we'll put this game in our show notes. Um, and if you have any suggestions out there listening to this podcast – Definitely, please, 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 please. I cannot stress it enough. Please tweet them at us. We are looking for what games interest you guys as fans that you would love to hear us talk about. Um, so most definitely, you know, we got to kill this time some way, somehow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we got to keep you guys entertained, keep you guys thinking about the kickers. Exactly. That's that's our whole job here. You know, yeah. talk about the kickers and have a good time while doing it. Um so this episode of River City 93, we want to say thank you to our sponsors, Roughneck Scars, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. And we always talk about it, but if you're looking to get a fly new kit, you might not have a game to wear to, but you can look cool social distancing or doing the uh, toilet paper challenge. Have you done that, Shanair? No, I haven't. I, I, look, I got a one-year-old. I ain't got time for no toilet paper challenge. <laughs> Yo, so I, real quick, before I finish this ad, I was thinking about doing it, and then I was like, this can either in one or two ways. Either A, I hurt myself, or B, a cuss, Electa cusses me out because I use toilet paper to juggle it like a ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, But for those out there who don't have to worry about that problem, you can look real cool in your custom homemade kit. And if you're tired of wearing Nike and Adidas, you want to have something unique for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult team, or while doing the toilet paper challenge again, look no further than Icarus FC. Um, You can help create all your kits for an affordable price. Let them help you design the kit of your choosing at IcarusFC.com. With that being said... Just a token there. uh, I think um, Aqua's Toilet paper challenge was better than Messi's. I'm just putting it out there. 
You can send all tweets to cdeuce34. <laughs> Please do not direct them at me. Um, <laughs> and yeah, with that being said, this is Elliot. This is Keep us on the good side, guys. We'll check you guys out next time.